0: 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and uh, jump right in the message this morning, continuing our By Faith series that we started a few weeks back, talked about moving forward by faith, and then last week talked about reaching out by faith. And uh, we're going to continue the message from last week and dig a little bit deeper into this reaching out to others uh, by faith and uh, kind of a part two to the message. And um, when I say reaching out, by the way, Uh, When I say reaching out, it's not, and I know I didn't really hit on it much last week. I mean, I know um, my father-in-law asked during a prayer time about uh, how can we do this? I'm praying for wisdom, for ideas on how to do it, and it really got me thinking throughout the week about that. Um, Reaching out, when I say that I'm not, it's not conclusive to just sending an encouraging text or or donating to a charity, or bringing a meal to a needy family, or anything else like that. It can include all those things, and I think it does, but it's not just like one thing. It's not just this one thing when I say reaching out. When I say reaching out, we're talking about reaching out by faith. I'm talking about loving the people around us with the love of Christ. I'm talking about serving those people in our lives that we're coming to contact with with a Christ-like spirit. And I'm talking about being conscious of the needs of other people. That's really, uh, in a nutshell, what I'm talking about when, when I say reaching out by faith. And, and that can include so many, so many things. This duty of the Christ follower, reaching out to others, um, serving others, loving others, um, that job as the Christian, as the follower of Christ, is completely against our natural fleshly instincts. It just is. It's its just in our flesh and in our sin nature and our human nature that is just against it loving and serving others because our, our sinful nature and our flesh cares about us. It goes against the pride that all of us battle day to day. It doesn't mean um, that the majority of us uh, or the majority of people in general um, can't you know, stand other people. You know, it's, it, I'm not saying that that all of us just hate everybody and we do our best to avoid people and their problems at all costs. Although that may be some people, um, and hopefully it's not anybody here. I don't think it is. And if it is, uh, I'll pray for you. Um, but I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that even though some of us, and I would say the majority of us, try our best to make a habit of helping people here and there in our lives in our own good habits, in our own strength, with our own positive moral compass, we will never last. It just won't last. Someone will hurt us, which causes us to pull away from reaching out. We just, you know, we've been hurt, we've been wronged, you know, maybe someone that we tried to help, and we just, we pull away. Some of us, someone will take advantage of us when we try to help, which drives us to cynicism. And then everybody we think about helping, we're thinking, well, what if they do this, what if they do that? Someone will criticize our efforts when we try to reach out to somebody, which can lead to insecurity and the fear of man. Sometimes it's just life gets busy, which leads us to this tunnel vision of our own concerns and our own needs, and we just don't don't reach out like we should. Here's the brutal truth that we all need to face. Even on our best days, even on our best days, There's usually still one person we wouldn't want to help. We wouldn't want to serve. We wouldn't want to reach out to. Maybe it's more than one person for you. (laughs) But we all usually have one person, if we really thought about it, that we we wouldn't want to help. And that shows not only our humanity, but it shows the sinful state our hearts are still in because of this fallen world and because we're broken people. We shouldn't be surprised at that. It shows the pride that we so often ignore. We talked about pride for two weeks. The pride that we so often ignore. It shows the selfishness that we try to explain away and justify. It shows the dangerous apathy that accompanies all of that. When it comes to certain people, we just don't care. We just don't care. It may be someone of the opposing political party. And I wrote this down, someone that is so annoyingly vocal about their beliefs in every way possible, whether it's face-to-face or social media, the complete opposite of what you believe. And every time they open their mouth, you can't wait to hear what craziness comes out next. But then when they finally do, you become frustrated instead of entertained anyway. Someone that you don't want to reach out to. I'm not saying that if this person was drowning, you wouldn't throw them a life jacket. I mean, come on, that's not what I'm talking about. But here's something. If they were sick, would you visit them in the hospital? If they needed a ride, would you offer? If they needed someone to watch their kids, would you be willing to do that? If they were going through a trial, would you bring them a meal? I'm talking about the little things. We're talking about reaching out by faith. It's okay to disagree with people's opinions. It's okay, I believe, to even hate what people believe and say, man, I'm so against what they believe. I hate that belief. Listen, I'm not saying that's wrong, but it is never okay to not be compassionate. It is never okay to not show the love of Christ to people. It is never okay to not show his peace and his care and his patience in the lives of other people. Maybe it's an annoying coworker, um, always spreading rumors or not doing their job or making you look bad because they're not doing their job. Maybe it's a rude cashier. You see him, every time you go to dunk in the morning, you get this same cashier, and she's always rude, and she messes up your order. And every time you try to correct it, she shifts the blame to you. You didn't say that. you like, I oh, didn't do. Maybe it's someone like that. Maybe it's a toxic family member. Only around when they need something. You know, always the source of every argument or every bit of tension in the family. Maybe they've treated others in your family poorly. Maybe it's a sibling that's treated your parents poorly. And, it, and you just, man, you just, it, honestly, if you really were honest, If they needed something, you probably would put your phone on silent. Maybe it's an overly needy acquaintance, someone that you met, and they suddenly think you're best friends. And they are always calling, and they're never satisfied. If you try to help, or this and that, and they always take things personally, and it can be frustrating. Maybe it's a wayward child who's disappointed you or taken advantage of you. Maybe it's an absent parent that is back in your life. You know, they were never around when you needed them, but suddenly they're back in your life, and it's just your heart is struggling towards that person. If we're being completely honest about the state of our hearts, we can all think of someone or several people that we just don't want to reach out to. I can do the same thing. So because of that fact, because of that truth in our lives, that on our own, we are not good enough, not loving enough, not caring enough, not compassionate enough, not patient enough, not conscious enough of the needs of others, not humble enough. And really, bottom line, on our own, we're not enough in general. We need something else or someone else to help us as we help others. That's the truth of it all. We need someone else, something else to help us as we help others. So what is the answer? What is our solution? We are called to love others. The Bible, Jesus said, is the, it's the most important commandment, loving God and loving other people. How can we do it? How can we truly, effectively, and consistently reach out to others, love others, and actually help them? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, for the love Of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. True, humble, joyful, and perseverant love is not born out of raw duty, but out of worshipful gratitude. We love because he first loved us. And not just we love him because he first loved us, as the Bible says, but we can love and have the power to love others in general because of the love of Jesus Christ, because of the love of our Heavenly Father. We have power through Jesus Christ to love other people. Listen, it's a, it's a sobering thought that my love often fails to be true. I don't mean true not true like the opposite of fake, more of the you know, hypocritical, I'm, I'm going to act like I love you even though I don't love. True as in straight, like, like an arrow that hits the mark. You know, if an archer, if he's got a, a quiver full of arrows, he's going to pull out one that's straight that's not going to veer off in the wrong direction. True as in consistent, reliable, and not apt to go in some unloving direction. The truth is, my love is still often very inconsistent. Someone disagrees with me. Someone gets in the way of my plan. When I'm forced into an unexpected wait, or uh, someone gets what I think that I deserve, in those moments like that, which all of us face, maybe even on a daily basis, it is very tempting for me to respond in a less than loving way. And it is very tempting for you to respond in a less than loving way. We can be having a great day. We can be having an awesome day, loving other, loving everybody and helping everybody. And then one small, unexpected personal irritation throws us off balance. And suddenly, we're thinking unkind thoughts. We're muttering unloving remarks under our breath. And we're storming out of the room. It happens that fast. We have to remember that true, humble, joyful, and perseverant love is not born out of raw duty, out of me just trying my best, but out of worshipful gratitude. It said true, humble, joyful, perseverant love. The second word, humble. Humble love explains, explains why I respond like I do. So inconsistently, I still lack humility. I still lack humility. I still tend to make life about my plan and my feelings and my desires and and my expectations. I lack humility. I'm still tempted to judge my day, to assess the good of my day by whether it pleased me instead of whether I pleased God and served other people and loved other people and was loving toward other people. I'm still tempted to live as if I own my life and still fail to remember that I was bought with a price. And we all live there so often. All those things I just mentioned cause the love in my life towards others to seem burdensome because I lack humility, because I assess the good of my day and how good it was for me instead of other people and pleasing God and, and, and owning my own life. Because of those things. Because I live that way so often, I cause the love in my life towards others to seem burdensome, burdensome, rather than joyful. That third word we mentioned, true, humble, joyful love. It's born out of worshipful gratitude. When you are living for you, the call to love others is always a burden for you. Man, I thought of that statement, and it convicted me because, man, that is so true. How many times have someone had a need or I had an opportunity to love someone or serve someone and it was a burden to me. It was kind of like, I know I need to do this, I'm gonna do it, but it was so burdensome for me. When you are living for you, the call to love others is always a burden for you. Think about the love that you have in your life for other people, your spouse, your wife or your husband, your kids, your family, your church, the people that God has placed in your life across the board. Is loving them like Christ loves them a burden for you? Is loving them like Christ loves them a burden for you? Or is it a joyful love? Born out of an inner gratefulness for the immense, unending love that Christ has for you, that Christ has for me. The last word in this phrase that we read a few times is perseverant, true, humble, joyful, and perseverant love. And this is probably the hardest standard of love for other people. 1 Corinthians 13, in these verses, says, Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Perseverant love towards others. Love that isn't faithful is love that has little value. Think about that. Love that isn't faithful is love that has little value. Love that changes with the wind is not really love at all. It's it's this fickle and momentary put-on that really does more damage than good in the long run. That's not perseverant love. That's why God's faithful, eternal love is such a huge and motivating comfort. He never has stopped loving you. He never has stopped loving me. It's, It's a perseverant love. So where can true, humble, joyful, and perseverant love be found? Because as I read these things and as I studied this message, it really seems so out of reach. I know myself. I know my heart. I know my pride. I know how quick it can sneak up on me. It seems so out of reach, so hopeless, so impossible. And truthfully, if it was up to us, if it was up to me, it would be impossible. And it would be completely out of reach. That kind of love never comes from picking yourself up and and telling yourself that you're going to do better. It's not going to come that way. If you had the power, if we had the power for that kind of self-reformation, the cross of Christ would not have been necessary. It wouldn't have been necessary. If we could change ourselves that much... In our own strength and power, the cross would not have been necessary. The only way that I can escape the self-focused bondage of my love for me, my love for me, my selfish, prideful uh, uh, love, and actually begin to love others truly, like Christ, is for forgiving, liberating, empowering, and eternal love to be placed in me. It's the only way. It's not me trying really hard. It's not me reading a bunch of uh, self-help books. It's It's not what it's about. It's the love of Christ being placed in me. The more that I am thankful for that love, for his love for me, the more I find joy in giving it to others. Think about that. Think about your heart. Think about your life. Think about the people God's placed in life. The more that I am thankful for that love from God for me, the cross of Christ, the loving cross of Jesus Christ, giving all for me, the more I am thankful for that love, the more I find joy in giving that love to other people. God's love, willingly given to me, willingly given to me, provides the only hope that I can have love in my heart that I joyfully give as well. That is the only hope. It's not me. It's not my moral compass. It's not my morality. It's not my upbringing. Oh, my parents were so nice to everybody. That's why I love people. No, no, no. It's the love of Christ in me to others. That's what it is. That is how our love for others can be consistent and, and effective, and we can consistently help and reach out and love other people. Last week I talked about reaching out and what it can be, and it can be uh, get our, getting our hands dirty, things like that. And I thought about, like, man, but, but how can we truly reach out? It's not going to be just about us trying really hard or listening to a message from the pastor and going out and just trying. No, it's, it's, I knew it was beyond that. It's the love of Christ in us. The verse that we started with, the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead so in reaching out by faith we talk about talking about reaching out by faith we must focus on the by faith part of that phrase really if we truly want to reach out by faith believing that i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. Forget about any personal strength or morality that I thought I had. It's Jesus in me that makes a difference. It's Jesus in you that makes a difference. By faith, Believing that because of that truth found in Galatians 2, that verse I just quoted. Believing that by faith that His divine power from Jesus Christ hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, Second Peter 1, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He has, by his sacrifice, Jesus Christ, given me exactly what I need to live and to love in this fallen world. He has given me everything I need, and it's him. He is what I need. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after believing what God said, and after believing in what Jesus did, resting in those truths, and remembering that it is only the love of Christ that constrains us that compels us that drives us that motivates us it's his love and it's not Paul's not talking here about his love for Christ and although that could make sense to us man i love jesus so much i want to serve him i want to love others i want to help others on and on but really it's the love of Christ for Paul the love of Christ for me the love of Christ for us That should motivate us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. If one died for all, that one being Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, then we're all dead. How are we, how how are all dead? Because he took my place at the cross. His, he died the death that I deserved, that you deserve, that we deserved. His death satisfied the Father. That's why one died for all. We're all dead. Then we're all dead, all of us, because he took our place. And because, listen, because of that kind of love, I can, I will, I must love others, serve others, and reach out to others. Reaching out by faith. It's less about the activity and more about the motive. We yesterday last week about, you know, I just want to, and I thought about it all week long. Like, what are some things we can do? And I thought, you know, that is important to obviously plan things out. But more important than what we do and how much we plan and the activity of reaching out is the motive behind it. It's less about the time frame and more about the heart of it. It's less about the amount of money and more about the joy we find in serving Christ by serving others. It's less about the expectations we put on ourselves or on others that we give to and more about the reason why we do it. It's less about how much you can do and more about why you do it. The love of Christ constrains us. Because at the end of it, it's really not even about The person that you're serving, reaching out to, it's about the Savior that you're serving. That's really what it's all about. Here's our, I did this a few weeks ago when we talked about moving forward, and I want to do it this week too as we finish up this reaching out. By faith, our by faith challenge for this week. And I want us all to, throughout this week and even starting today, Really do these things and really ask God to search our hearts. First thing I want us to do is I want us to ask God to put someone in our life this week, in your life this week, that you can reach out to and show the love of Christ to. I want you to to ask God that. I'm going to do the same thing. God, put someone in my pathway this week. And, and, And I'm going to say, Lord, help it to be someone that I don't normally try to do that with anyway, like my wife and kids. Oh, my wife, God, put these people in my pathway. I'm going to serve my wife and kids. I'm talking about someone, out of, someone that's going to get me out of my comfort zone, something someone that's, that's, that's going to, probably my flesh is going to cause me to wonder, like, you know, am I really supposed to? Lord, put someone in my path this week that I can show the love of Christ to, that I can serve. You pray that prayer this week, truly in your heart, with with, with the right motives, not just because I said to, but because you really genuinely want to see God use you to reach other people and to love other people like Christ, He will put someone in your pathway. He will. Ask God to put someone in your life this week that you can reach out to and show the love of Christ to. And ask Him for wisdom. Ask him for guidance. What what does he want me to do? And and listen, I'm telling you, he will show you and he will use you. Next thing is this. This one's a little bit more annoying. Ask God to search your heart and show you if you have purposely not reached out to someone and ask for grace to do just that. The beginning of our message, we talked about the fleshly nature of our hearts, how the reason we can't depend on ourselves to serve and love others is because we have pride and there's usually someone in our lives that we don't want to serve and that just shows that, man, I need Christ to truly love and serve other people. So this week, ask God, Lord, is there someone in my life that, and maybe, you haven't been, maybe it's not something you think about every day, probably not. You probably, I know I've done this, you just kind of ignore it so much that you forget about it until it slaps you in the face. But say, Lord, is there someone in my life that the truth is I don't want to reach out to? that uh, if they had a need, I would wait for someone else to do it because I just, I got issues, I got problems. Like maybe it's bitterness, who knows? And to say, Lord, show me, is there someone in my life that if I were honest, I don't wanna reach out to them? He may bring someone to your heart. He may bring a few people to your heart. And if he does, ask him for grace to do just that, to serve that person. Hey, they may be a thousand miles away. It may, it may not be someone you, it may be a, sh- a text message. It may be a Facebook message. It may be a phone call. It may be something, but God gives grace for that. We are not supposed to live on this earth with bitterness, with unforgiveness, with an uncompassionate heart. We are just not supposed to do that. There's nothing you can show me or tell me or prove to me from the word of God that says it's ever okay to not show the love of Christ to somebody else. I don't like that. That's a tough truth to live for me, too. Ask God, Lord, is there someone in my life, is there someone in my life that if they need someone, I wouldn't want to help them? And God, give me grace to do just that. And then lastly, this. Ask God to use you here at Coastline as we do our best to reach out to our community. If I'm not careful, very often I get to a point on this journey of church planning, where I'm like, man, I just feel like we're not doing a lot, and it's, it can be, and it's 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 usually fleeting because I know that God has us here for a reason at this time and what we're doing. Um, but still, as pastor, you, you want to serve the community, right? We want to serve. We want to help others. We want to reach out to others. So I'm asking God to use me. This this. This week and in my life, not just as the pastor of this church, but as part of this church, we're a body, we're a family. I want God to use me, not just in a preaching sense, but here at this church as we do our best to reach out to the community and ask God to give wisdom to us and maybe give us some things that we can do now as we're starting. Listen, wouldn't it be crazy if if we started reaching out to our community and 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 even now, before we got into our building, and, and something that we could do, and people were like, man, what a great church. I want to be a part of that. And am like, well, you, know, you can come, but it's tight. And for people to see, like, man, these people don't have a lot to offer right now when it comes to buildings or activities, but they truly love people. And they truly are showing Jesus to people. And there's something different about them. Man, let's ask God to use us in that way. Reaching out to others by faith. Think about those three things. Man, don't forget these things. Uh, Think about them. Ask God to put someone in your life you can serve. Ask God to show you if there's someone that you don't want to reach out to. And ask God to use you here at our church as we reach out by faith. It's the love of Christ in us. It's the love of Christ in us. It's not anything else but that. It's his love for me poured out to other people. It's his love for you poured out to other people. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.